in my career, I've had the I've had the the the, the luck, I, I guess, of of being uh, involved in really some some remarkable projects. The A380 was one of them. My most my most recent uh, role was as technical director of the uh, Beluga XL, which was again a, um, a remarkable um, um, adventure, designing a very very unusual airplane. And I think now I've probably got what's probably the coolest job in Airbus um, in, in being responsible for what we call uh, group or flight demonstrators. So these are the, uh, these are the we're going down a route now of trying to drive um, the development of technology in the group through demonstrators rather than through uh, the, tr the, the classic sort of TRL process. So we're, we're, we, we set aggressive goals for a demonstrator and we say we're going to fly this in two years' time, um, even when the technology to do it doesn't exist today. And we're using that mechanism to force the development of technology faster than it would otherwise happen. So one of the areas that we are particularly interested in, um, we have, and Airbus has a number of, um, a, a number of projects um, in this urban air mobility space. Um, one of them is, uh, is, is, is City Airbus, which is the one that I will talk principally about because it's the one that we're running through the, uh, the CTO organization. But we also have um, a, a project running, running out of our um, um, A-cubed division in Silicon Valley called Vahana, um, which is a different approach to the same problem. So they're looking at the, they're, they're looking at the same... Uh, if you like the same uh, same market or the same space, but from a from a different uh, a different angle, and that's a deliberate a deliberate policy from Airbus in 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 trying to make sure we really understand um, what the what the potential for disruption of our market is, and the and the and the philosophy of our chief executive Tom Enders is we are going to be disrupted in this industry. We cannot pretend that people will not come along and invent things which disrupt our industry but if we're going to be disruptive we might be the, we, might, we might as well do it ourselves rather than let other people do it to us um, so ah, now we've got the problem of getting this to work because <laughs> let's try that does that work? Okay, I can do it that way. Um, okay, so um, where does this where where does this all come from? Um, urbanization, uh, urbanization is is a is a is a growing growing trend. Um, more and more and more people are living in cities. Uh, more more and more people are living in in mega cities. There are there are there are sig a significant increase in the uh, in the proportion of the population. That live in, uh, in 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 mega cities, and the number of mega mega cities that exist in the world is growing quite dramatically. Um, so larger mega cities are growing, uh, you know, to enormous numbers. We all we've all experienced um, the uh, um, the frustration of living in a in a mega city. So London is obviously one of them. Um, I experienced the, the the frustration of getting here from from Heathrow, even though I came in the middle of the afternoon. Um, 
if when you when you when you try and come rush hour, it's uh, it's 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 obviously much much worse. Um, and this this trend is driving the desire for people to uh, find new ways of uh, of moving around, new uh, new mobility means. Um, Air mobility or urban air mobility, I think, has been a dream of the human, the human being for probably the last 60 years. Flying cars have been around, or ideas for flying cars have been around for, for, for a very long time. Um, they appear both in the past and in the, uh, in, the, in the future in films, you know, Star Wars and so on. So we all know what, uh, we, we, all, we all dream of, of getting around our cities in a, in a different way. We all dream of doing it, uh, doing it in, in, in the air and, uh, and flying over everybody else, uh, all the other poor guys who uh, are stuck in traffic jams. So one of the things that is, uh, urban air mobility is, is something which is starting now to be um, uh, potentially feasible or a real, a real um, possibility because of development of technology. Um, it's not just uh, about the vehicle. Um, you, you, you see a new, I see a new, um, a new urban air mobility vehicle announced in the press now just about every day. Some of them scare the, sh <laughs> scare the hell out of me. <laughs> some, of them, uh, some of them, hopefully, hopefully the ones we're working on are a bit, are, are a bit, better, um, a bit better thought out. One of the technologies uh, that, that is really driving the, uh, the, the feasibility of urban air mobility is electrification. Um, so Airbus was something of a leader in electrification. We started out um, some years ago now with uh, electric-powered aircraft. With the, 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 first, the very first one we did was the Cree Cree, and then we did the E-Fan e series of, of, of aircraft. Um, in the recent past, we've been somewhat overtaken by our, uh, our, our competitors or our peers, um, but we certainly intend to retake the, uh, the, the, the lead and demonstrate what can be achieved with, uh, with electrification. And by electrification, I mean the whole chain, batteries, um, electric motors, um, inverters, uh, the ability to the ability to build a fully electric vehicle, and this is what you this is what you see here. This is the project that I'll do most of the talking about. It's a project we call City Airbus. Um, so it's intended to be a, um, a, an air taxi, uh, an air taxi which allows uh, allows us to to to, to, uh, to pass over the uh, the traffic jams and leave the um, and leave the leave those for the for the for the others. Um, but urban air mobility is also for us um, not just about the vehicle. Um, it's also it's also about the value chain. Um, we we see um, we see our involvement in urban air mobility as being more than just um, a manufacturer of vehicles or of helicopters or of aircraft. We're seeing this trend even in the large commercial aircraft business where we're starting now to supply 
um, customers with aircraft on power by the hour type um, basis where we look after all the maintenance and operation of the aeroplane and all they do is basically kick the tyres and, uh, and fill it with fuel and, uh, and fly it. Um, so what we're trying to, what, what, what we're trying to do is, is, is really look into and, and, and understand the market. What does the market want? What do people want out of urban air mobility? Where is, where is the value? Is the value in building the vehicle or is the value in being the, the Uber of, uh, of urban air mobility? Because if it's, in the, if it's in the operation of the system or in the operation of the vehicles, um, we want to be part of, the, uh, part of that element of the, um, of the business model. Um, urban air mobility, as we've, I think you've talked about today, requires a whole host of other things to happen as well. Air traffic management is one of them. Um, initially, uh, initially, that won't be the that, that won't be the blocker to adoption of early early adopters, but it will very quickly become um, a, 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 a bottleneck. Um, infrastructure, infrastructure is 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 also going to be very important. Um, there are some cities in the world that have very very good infrastructure for vertical takeoff and landing vehicles. There are some cities that have almost none. So it's very much a, a, um, a public uh, or a, 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 a planning policy decision. Um, and we are seeing cities that are interested in developing this for the future, looking at how they can develop their infrastructure over the next five or ten years to make sure they're ready for um, urban air mobility when it comes. So, um, as I said, the, 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 the growth of urban air mobility into um, a mass market solution, so not just something for the, for the, for the ultra-rich, but something which all of us or most of us can use on, a, on, on an occasional basis. This is going to be driven by two things. Firstly, it's going to be driven by the technological developments that, that I, I've talked about a little bit and we'll talk about a little bit more, but also about the development of the, uh, of the economics of, of making this happen in, uh, in, in, in large cities. Um, we, uh, Airbus... Um, through our Silicon Valley offshoot, um, ran um, is running as we speak a project which we call Project Voom, um, and it, it was it, it was we ran a predecessor to this project which was called Ponton, um, which was run during the uh, during the Olympics in, um, in in South America, and the and the intent was to um, test the, the 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 willingness to pay. Um, for people in terms of saving time, and what we saw was that there is a high there is a high willingness to pay the 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 the, 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 um, the development of urban urban air mobility will not be limited by the willingness of people to pay for um, saving time in fact when we look when, when we look at some of the uh, some of the economics of these type of vehicles, they're they're, they're potentially uh, when you take into account the the time difference that a, that a, that a journey takes in the air 
compared to on the ground, the air journey is sometimes cheaper than the ground journey. Um, so we're looking at uh, this project, which we, which we call City Airbus, and this is a, a, a very deliberately, very aggressive um, roadmap to a product. This is, how, this is how quickly we think, technologically, we could get to a minimum viable product which could start to be operated in a, um, in, a, in a pilot city. So, you know, people were talking about 2025 um, and, and, and beyond. Um, we believe that these vehicles will be technically feasible well before um, 2025. Um, today we say something like five to seven years. There is no reason why in five to seven years we will not have products which are capable of being operated in, uh, in, in environments like London. I'll show you some, some interesting uh, simulations as, uh, about uh, London at the end. Um, and in many of the other megacities in the world. Um, the biggest ones are places like Tokyo and, and so on. You can, you, can guess, you, can, you can guess very easily where the, where the big markets are. It's where you have huge concentrations of people relatively compact cities, um, but very, very high population densities and hence very, uh, very high um, um, uh, congestion. So we went through a process of looking at what would a vehicle, what would a vehicle that was going to address this market need to look like? What, so, what, what, would, it, what would it need to do to, to start being... Um, commercially viable. Um, now, the first thing that, and this is a, a little bit of a requirement, but also a technical enabler, is the distributed electric propulsion is something which now starts to make these vehicles possible. Um, it's one of the things which make them, make them um, different from a helicopter. Um, and I'll come on to some of the differences in a minute. In a minute. Um, the second thing we, 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 we noted is it needs to be simple, uh, modular, and scalable. Because today we don't know how big the vehicle needs to be. We don't know if it needs to be a two-seater or a four-seater. Um, and and we, 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 we believe also that it needs to be modular. I don't know if, if any of you saw, I'll, I'll touch on it in a minute, but we, 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 we've been doing some work with the automotive industry and we presented a concept at the Geneva Motor Show which gave us a lot of, a lot of very useful feedback. The vehicles need to have a very high level of safety. Um, that's clear. Flying in an urban environment, there can be no compromises on safety. They need to have low operating costs. Um, they need to have a low environmental footprint and that means noise, pollution, um, the, everything. Um, urban, air, urban air transport, uh, urban um, air traffic management um, compatibility is going to mean that they're going to need to be autonomous. I think we talked earlier about if you want these vehicles to be, if you want to have large numbers of vehicles in the air, they're going to have to be autonomous. It's interesting that when you have this discussion with the automotive industry, we probably have an easier job of doing this in the air than the automotive industry does on the ground because we have less unknowns. 
we have less um, uh, uh, children running out into the road. We have less um, un unknown obstacles. We believe today that vehicles need to be around two to four passengers, not, not, not very big. We believe they need to have a range of perhaps around 60 kilometers, and I'll show you later why. Um, they need to be able to cruise at speeds of 120 kilometers an hour, but probably no faster. Um, and they need to be compact and suited for high volume production, because if you believe the market studies that, that have been done, the market, the potential market for these vehicles is, 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 is enormous. Um, what are the major challenges? So the challenges are, the first challenge I think is power consumption. We all know vertical takeoff and landing vehicles consume a lot of power. Um, the, the winner in this space will be the um, manufacturer who designs the uh, vehicle which is most efficient in terms of power usage because in the end everybody will have access to the same battery technology, the same energy storage technology. The, 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 most, the, the highest performing product will be the one that uses the, the least power. Um, noise. Noise is going to be one of the major challenges. It's one of the major reasons why helicopters are not used more widely in, uh, in urban transport today. And this is an area where we believe, based on the testing we've done to date, that we can achieve huge steps compared to even the best helicopters that we build today, where we, we, we would be able to reduce noise in hover, for example, um, by around 10 to 12 dB compared to a good helicopter today, which is enormous. Um, the next one is, I've said, a high level of safety can only be achieved with the right architecture. This is the issue I see with almost everything else I see coming out in the press today, is that people are not thinking about the architecture of the product. The product the safety of a product comes from its architecture. It doesn't come from the reliability of the components. Um, regulation is going to be an issue. Um, we have already been discussing for many years, for a number of years now, with the IASA, uh, the Certification of Electric Propulsion Units, for which there, there are no regulations today through our EFAN program. And we intend to continue to do that through, uh, through, the, through the city Airbus. We believe direct operating costs of these vehicles need to be 25% of, of that of a twin engine helicopter today for, 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 the, for the market to be, the market price to be viable. So that's obviously that's a big challenge, but the, the, the electric architecture gives you, gives you those opportunities. Um, one of the difficulties perhaps that people haven't realized either is we will need to have a vehicle which maintains a more or less horizontal cabin during, during cruise flight. I don't know if you've seen most of these drones, but if you take a racing drone uh, and put a person in it, they're going to be pretty ill and pretty scared pretty quickly. <coughs> so we have, we, have, we have a number of um, very interesting ideas that are, be, that are being patented which allow, which allow that objective to be achieved. And the last one is um, air traffic management 
um, requires autonomy and the air traffic regulation I think is probably going to be what paces when these vehicles actually start to, uh, to happen. Um, so our city airbus demonstrator, we set ourselves the task um, uh, or we set the team a task of flying a, uh, a demonstrator of a multi-copter vehicle with um, uh, capability of lifting four passengers, uh, roughly a two-ton vehicle. Um, and the, and, and the, the objective was, is to fly this vehicle within two years. So they started beginning of this year, and we will fly the first demonstrator of this, uh, of this city Airbus vehicle before the end of next year. And that's driving, that, that's driving technology, electric, electrical technology particularly, which does not exist today. It's driving it much faster, the development of it, much faster than would otherwise happen, which was the, 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 the real you know, aim of this demonstrator philosophy, which we're applying to a number of other, other areas at the same time. Um, so, uh, the, 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 the demonstrator approach is, is, is to build something which is, um, which is designed to retire um, risks. It's, re it's designed to retire some of the, 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 the critical risks or the major risks that we see with this type of vehicle today, prove the feasibility of the concept. So we will fly an unmanned demonstrator in 2018, and then we'll fly a manned version of the demonstrator in 2019. Um, but it's interesting, the debate we have with the test pilot when we ask him what he has to do when he's on board, and the answer is, well, um, not really very much, to be honest. <laughs> because in the end, these vehicles are, uh, will, will be autonomous. They... they, they you, you, the, 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 the only means of controlling this vehicle is the speed, the speed of eight individual electric motors. We're using fixed-pitch propellers, um, and all you're controlling is the individual speed of eight motors. So the pilot himself, we're not going to give him eight, um, eight potentiometers and ask him to try and fly the vehicle. Obviously, that will end in, uh, in tears. Um, so, uh, in, in the end, um, the, the manned flight is really just about um, demonstrating that we, doing the V&V &V to demonstrate the safety of the, uh, of, of, the, of the vehicle and the architecture. So, what does it look like when it's sort of stripped down? Um, this, is the sort of, uh, this is a sort of schematic of what we're actually building, um, you know, with all the major components uh, are shown. Um, it's not intended to be a product. It's intended to be a demonstrator for the technology. Um, so it, we, we, we're trying to drive and demonstrate the uh, the feasibility of the uh, the motor technology, the motor the motor and power electronic cooling, um, the batteries, uh, the battery and the battery cooling. All of these are, are absolutely critical. To the uh, to the uh, to these vehicles, and the bigger you make the vehicle, the more difficult the problem becomes. It goes dramatically; it becomes dramatically more difficult with size, 
which is why we've chosen deliberately to build a big vehicle, a two-ton vehicle, um, in order to set the bar, uh, set the challenge, uh, the technical challenge, um, as, high as, as high as possible. So what have we done to date? Um, we have um, a one-seventh subscale model flying, um, which you can see there. So we know the basic principle works, um, but as I said, the problem gets more difficult with size. A scale model is much easier um, to, uh, to design, build, and fly than a, than, than a full-size vehicle. Um, we are, at this very moment, testing full-scale um, quarter arms um, on, uh, on, on a world tower. Um, to prove the uh, prove the uh, the efficiency of the uh, of the propulsion system, so we're already testing um, a quarter of the vehicle, if you like, at uh, at full scale, um, and that will carry on through to through to around the middle of this year. Just to illustrate the the the, the aggressiveness of the program, as I said, it was launched at the beginning of this year. Um, I was at the PDR, we held the PDR um, of, for the vehicle yesterday in Munich, which was why I only came here to today. Um, the propulsion unit testing is being done as we speak, and by the end of this year, we will have a full-scale um, Iron Bird um, up and running in our electric aircraft systems test facility in partnership with Siemens um, in Otterbrunn. And then by the end of by the end of uh, end 2018, we'll 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 have flown the vehicle. So that's uh, that 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 just gives you some idea of the uh, um, of what we what we're actually building as a demonstrator um, to prove the technology. But then I think it's also interesting to look at what what where is this going to go in the future. As I mentioned, we, um, we, uh, we cooperated with um, Ital Design, who are an automotive, uh, an Italian automotive company, small, agile, Italian automotive company, and we presented at the Geneva Motor, Motor Show a modular um, uh, concept car or concept vehicle um, to try and solicit um, feedback from the uh, from the from potential consumers. So this was what we presented. It was called the pop-up. Probably most people have seen it. There were, uh, there were it, it generated the most press coverage of any Airbus, um, <laughs> Airbus subject in the last five years, <laughs> even, though it, even though it was not an aeroplane. Um, it was shown at a car show, um, and it was built in three months. So the idea was to present something which can, comprised of three modules, um, a, a passenger capsule, a flight module, and a ground module that can turn the passenger capsule either into uh, an urban, urban air mobility vehicle or an urban ground mobility vehicle, so a, a, a self-driving self, self car. And I think this, this, this really captured the imagination of... of of the public or of people, because what people want is they want to have a seamless end-to-end -end journey. When they go from their home to the airport or their home to wherever they're going, they, they don't want to have to get in and out of different 
vehicles on the way to where they're going. They don't want to have to take a vehicle that lands on top of a high building and then get out of the, ve get out of the, the vehicle, get into a lift, go down to the ground and call an Uber to get them to the restaurant that they're going to, which is two miles down the street. They want to land on top of the, 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 the building, um, be transported down to the ground floor in a, in a vehicle lift and then be taken to the restaurant they're going to in a, in a self-driving car. Um, we looked at, we, we've, we're, also, we're also now being solicited by other forms of transport as well, people like um, Hyperloop um, and even, even aircraft and saying, you know, could you integrate this capsule, passenger capsule idea into other forms of transport? Could we put them into, put the capsules into um, trains? Uh, could we put them into hyperloops? Could we put them into various other forms of transport to meet the longer distance transport need, which won't be achieved um, by um, by a flying uh, a flying platform, or at least not in the in the near future, with the technology that exists today. Just to sort of whet your appetite, looking at if you look at London. Um, as an example, um, that's, a, that's a, a, a simulation that was done on, in London with just 10, um, let's say, heliports um, that are no more than five, kil five kilometers apart. So one, the, the, the left-hand extreme is, is London Heathrow. The right-hand extreme is, uh, is, uh, is London, City, London City Airport. Um, and Gatwick is slightly further away from Heathrow than London City, but only, only, only three or four kilometers. So this type of vehicle potentially, within, within, within five to seven years, would be capable of oper operating over that, over that type of network. The time, the, the journey time between Heathrow and London City Airport would be le less than 20 minutes. Battersea Heliport would take less than 15 minutes. Um, so you can imagine if this infrastructure was available and the vehicles were available, the, the, demand, for, the demand for this type of um, um, this mode of transport could potentially be enormous. So we, we've already been talking to our airline customers, and I'll show you a, a little video at the end, because some of our airline customers also see this as a real, um, uh, a real advantage. Because if you ask any business class traveller which is the most painful part of his journey, getting to the airport, the the, the flight, uh, everything else is 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 manageable, or is tolerable. Getting to the airport is by far the most unpleasant part of the journey. Um, so. The message basically is, um, you know, this is our this is our uh, this is our motto at Airbus. We make it fly, and that's what we intend to do. Uh, we intend to have um, a, a manned vehicle with um, with proper levels of safety flying within within uh, before the end of 2019, and we're in the process of. Um, 
uh, of looking as to looking at where where we go from there on. Now, I'm hoping I can get this video working. Uh, I can't get this video working. Shit. Um,